Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. Happy Saturday if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. Uh, This is a bonus episode and as such I'm going to keep the intro short and sweet because I really want this episode to be the very perfect length for you to listen to this weekend or at the beginning of your week while you go about your cleaning, adventuring, and hopefully nourishing yourself doing something that you love. In case this is your first time listening, I'm going to quickly share about who I am and what you can expect on the She Built This podcast. I'm, as I said in the intro, Emily Aborn. I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of She Built This, which is, yes, this podcast and also a women's entrepreneurship community for positive and growth-minded entrepreneurs. In this podcast, you'll hear a whole lot of inspiring stories about others who are doing the thing, running their own business, and the tips and advice that they have gathered along the way that they are graciously sharing with us. I'm also a freelance content writer, which means I write website copy, social media copy, blogs, emails. Uh, I've even written ebooks and full length books. So I kind of get to write it all and I absolutely love it. I also wanted to give you a quick little sneak peek into what's coming up next week and what I have in store for you for the podcast as we wrap up the month of May. As many of you know, this month, May, we've been focusing on the theme of nourishment. And I think you're going to love today's guest's take on what nourishment means to her. So far, we've heard from Terry Hamilton as she shared about practical mindfulness and mindset practices that can easily fit into our everyday lives. We've heard from Lisa Dad of Soul Sales, where we talk about how we can actually nourish ourselves during and nourish others during the sales process by just showing up as our authentic selves. Even in the sales, your soul can be nourished. And next week, I will be touching base with you, just me and you, to talk about how to set time aside specifically to feed your business goals and yourself and the work that you need to do in your business by taking a CEO day and what that might look like for you and also how to go about doing it. And if this is your first time here, make sure that whatever podcast app you're using, you follow, subscribe, whatever it tells you to do to make sure that you're the first to hear the episodes when they come out. They come out every single Wednesday. Um, I have not, I think I've only ever missed one since I started recording this podcast. And I am so happy that you're here joining us. I hope you'll stick around. I have been waiting a long time to bring you this interview with my guest, LaFortune Jabia, founder and president of Mula Foods in Nashua, New Hampshire. I first had the opportunity to hear her story last year during our She Built This Woman of the Year contest, and I've heard more of her story recently on another podcast that I listened to. So once I heard that, I knew that I had to have her on to share her journey with you. Mola Foods offers spice blends, marinades, seasonings, chili relishes, and more, which are all inspired by exotic locations and different cooking styles that she that LaFortune brings in. 
Her success story is a true how she built this story. She came to the United States with just $200 in her pocket back in the year 2000. And now as the founder and president of Mola Foods, her products are not only featured at her own storefront, but also in uh, retail locations throughout the state. And I think by the time this comes out, I will have visited her retail location in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, and I really encourage you to do so too, because she's really doing some new things in the culinary world and bringing some some fresh ideas and fresh approaches to uh, New Hampshire. So I hope you'll take some time to check it out after you hear her story. And I really hope that you enjoy this journey and story that LaFortune has generously showed up to share with us. And one final note, just for those of you who I know, like me, are a little bit sound obsessed when it comes to podcasts. LaFortune and I had trouble connecting on my normal platform that I record podcasts on, so we switched over to Zoom and we used her um, cell phone, which just goes to show you kind of one of the points that she brings up in this podcast, which is like, don't wait, start with what you have. And it's a good reminder for me not to get caught up in things needing to be like absolutely perfect all the time. So um, if you notice any little sort of sound disparity, it's just it's just because we switched to Zoom. But I assure you that this episode is not lacking in a beautiful, positive, and inspiring story. Hi, La Fortune, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thank you for having having me, Emily. It's nice being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to share your story and the story of Mola Foods. And that so this month we are our theme is nourish. Okay. And I thought it was just like so perfect because that is like exactly what you're doing with your business is helping to nourish other people. And I imagine mm-hmm. that also that that is a little bit nourishing for you as well. So I think to start, we should start right there. And I would love to hear what the word nourish means to you. Oh, my God. Um, To me, personally, in a different sense than what you just say about nourishing, you know, nourish being, feeding other people around me. I see nourish as a means to uh, serve love. Right, like it's a way for me to love myself so that I can share that love with other people. And in a literate sense, nourish to me is also being able to feed people, provide them uh, uh, nourishment and, you know, like my spices or food that I make. Uh, so I think at some point people can use nourish to like nourishing your soul. Right, mm-hmm. you can nourish your soul in different ways. So, um, in nourish, you can see self love being like the big um, statement somewhere in there. Yeah, so, I love that, um, and having it ripple out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, this is perfect. Why don't you um, tell us a little bit about Mola Foods and what it is, and like what makes it so unique? You know, I can go days. <laughs> talking about Mola Foods and what it is and, you know, um, let's just start by the word Mola, what Mola really means, because people ask me that question all the time. What is Mola Foods? What is Mola Foods? Mola is a blank word that 
growing up in Cameroon, we use, we they still actually use it to this day, where kids call each other Mola, which is basically a friend. And so to me, growing up, we had like a friend group where we share food together. So when it was time for me to create Mola food, I say, oh, it wouldn't be nice to share food with friends, share food with family. So let's call it Mola Foods, a way for, you know, for people to share food together as a community. I um, love that. So the, it brings right back to that sense of nourishment too, because I think that exactly. can- Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you see how it goes? Exactly. It brings back to that sense of nourishment, you know, so in nourish friendships, in nourish uh, uh, your souls is also bring people together you know, just because of that. So, yeah. And what type of food do you serve there? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, being the fact that I'm Cameroonian uh, originally, I serve a little bit of Cameroon and a little bit of food from other countries. So, Mola food represents Africa in general, and not just African countries, but also the world in particular. So we have spices from different other places, not just Africa. So in that sense, I decided to fuse the cuisines where I fuse African cuisine and European cuisine so that people can actually start enjoying African cuisine because some people want to know about African cuisine, but sometimes they are stuck because of maybe how the food look and they're not sure how is it gonna taste because of how it is presented. So to me, uh, here at Mola Food, I choose the food with, I use European cuisine with African cuisine being the main characteristic of my food so that I can introduce African cuisine to people. So it's a fusion of Africa and Europe together. So yeah. cool. So I'm curious because we are in New mm -hmm. Hampshire. We are in New Hampshire. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you face any sort of obstacles in getting people to try the foods or um, yeah, do you, I guess, do you just, do you come up against any sort of like resistance in people not wanting to try something new and how do you overcome that? Of course, <laughs> of course I do. Um, I think I find a way to introduce the, the food through the taste of Africa and also appealing to people adventurous side, right? Someone say, I'm an adventurous eater. I say, is that so? <laughs> Would you yeah. like to try this? <laughs> you know, so because if you say you're adventurous, that means that you're, you're game and you're open to trying different things, right? So that means it's a call to action for me to say, oh my gosh, by the way, I have this event coming up. Will you want to come up and try this food and see for yourself if you like it? Or would you like to purchase our spice, you know, and go try with your own food and see if it's something that appeals to you? And so literally by saying to people that you can use my spice, for example, and cook food, your own food, without changing how you cook your food, people are more um, curious now to know and purchase the product and go try for themselves. And after they try, they are more um, able to decide, oh, I want to come and try her food because I was able to try her spice. 
I love that. Um, good job for you taking that opportunity for the call to action there. <laughs> um, all right. So I kind of want to get into, because I believe that, you know, where we came from and the power of our stories is so crucial for many of us in creating the things that we are, the businesses that we are, the ideas that we are, the things we're passionate about. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and really like how you decided to start. Um, and I know that you have a really beautiful story about actually like moving to the United States and how you decided to do so. So can you share a little bit of that with us? You know, when I look back at my, uh, background, me coming to the United States and then starting this business and from all everything that I went through to get here, I am amazed <laughs> because I don't even know how I did it. Um, but I think determination. So I came to the United States 20, 22, 23 years ago. Um, actually, let's go back. I came here in 2010. If, yeah, 20, no, 20, 2000. That's when I came to the United States, 2000, year 2000. I had, I had $200 in my pocket. And I say that all the time. And it's a big reminder to me because when I go back and look at how much money I had to survive mm -hmm. in the country that I never spent time in, in a place that I knew no one, um, to be able to be here <laughs> talking to you and be able to say, oh, I have a company, it's called Wola Food, is amazing. I am, it's surprising to me as a person, but and then it makes me understand that when you put your mind and soul into something, and if you don't stop believing, and you take steps to get to that destination, you surely will get there, regardless of the trials and tribulations along the way. Um, so to me, when I came to the United States with my $200, my one suitcase with uh, three outfits in there, and then I landed in Atlanta, Georgia, at a friend's, friend of a friend's house. I didn't even know the guy, but I landed at his house. And here I am in the house of a stranger. I know nobody. And I I have to figure out how to live my life in this country. I didn't even have my papers. I had my green cards and everything, but I haven't received it. So I needed to remain at that address for a month before the people will come find me there. And so for that whole month, I had to live on $200 and get myself clothes and all that. So through that time, I started working at a restaurant when I got my paperwork. I started working at the uh, restaurant and I was a pastry assistant, okay? So once I worked as a pastry assistant, I, um, I started looking at what my life would be like in this country. It was just me at the time. I didn't have anybody um, here. So I went to school. I was living. I have left the person where I stay. And I was now living with a roommate. I had found this woman, this African woman that I was living. I rented a room from her. 
and I was going to school to become a medical assistant. So um, I went to school to be a medical assistant and I was working at this um, restaurant place as a pastry assistant. Um, and once I graduated as a medical assistant, I started working as a MA and uh, I stopped working at the restaurant. So I went on, you know, to get my master's in public health and all those type of things. Um, and then eventually the business mindset of mine have always been in me. It never stopped because as a child, I sold things to survive. Um, I sold things at the market. I would take um, croquettes at school and I would sell it during lunch. I will take plantain chips at school and I will sell it during lunch and that's how I made my money so I can buy my own clothes and and have money for taxi to go to school. Um, so you were so, always very entrepreneurial. Yes, from the <laughs> from God knows what age. Uh, <laughs> it was my survival instinct to be able to uh, provide for myself and. So when I came here, being a business person was like off my mind because it was always in the back of my mind, but it was no longer a priority because I wasn't aware of how to navigate this community, how to navigate this new country. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the landmarks, nothing. I had no clue what I signed up for. Um, but I knew what I was here for. I was here to go to school. I was here to have an education. My mom had worked hard and helped me get here. So I needed to um, make sure that I honored her. And so I went to school. I, I went to school. I, I took student loans like everybody else because I couldn't afford paying for it. So I, you know, and eventually all full circle, I find myself going back to what I knew and I wanted to start a business. And um, with the push of a friend uh, who started giving me ideas about, oh, you know, you need to take your grandmother recipes and do something with them. And I'm like, no, you do that. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> who has time for that? To saying, you know what? I woke up one morning and my mind it clicked in my head and I said, I can actually do this. So I gave him a call and I said, you know what? I can do this, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And so Mula Food was born. All right. So now you've started expanding um, and doing like kind of pre-packaged foods and meals. Is that correct? It is correct. I'm working on it. Too. Yeah. So I'm how how's that. that going and, and what kind of inspired you into heading into that direction? Well, it all kind of like feed in together, right? I, I started the spice business and then I, when I started my spice business and the hot sauce and the uh, marinade and all those things, I was doing tasting events already before having this space. I was doing tasting events. I would rent uh, a space in Hudson, the California room, and I would do events there, right? So to me, 
uh, it made perfectly perfect sense to have that jump from doing tasting when I got this space, I say, okay, you know, spices by themselves, if unless I have a hundred stores to two hundred stores, I'm not going to sustain my business. Um, the best way to sustain my business is to bring in the food tasting that I do into my business, but to make it available to the public, even when I'm not doing tasting. Yeah. And so that's how the prepackaging food was born. And the problem with the prepackaging food at the beginning uh, that I'm still working on was you first people have to know what it is that you're selling, right? You're selling African food, but people are not used to African food. So how do you make them be used to African food? So I started doing takeout and dine in uh, where you can purchase the food and try yourself. And then word of mouth, eventually with the pandemic, which the pandemic didn't make it easy, <laughs> uh, but with the pandemic gone, now I'm doing tasting events, the more, more people are getting to know of the food and getting to know the food. So now the prepackaging will surely be back uh, this summer. Uh, do you have any other hints about something that you might be um, striving towards or like a goal that you have moving forward? <laughs> a goal of mine that I have moving forward is to be in all 200 plus Hannah Ford stores. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. Let's make that happen for you. Right? That's the only goal. You know, I'm already on a few Hannah Ford's and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm already on a few hundred fords. Let me just be on all of them, guys. Come on. You know, that's one of my goals. Is okay. to be in, you know, Hannah Ford, Market Basket, Whole Food. Those are my goals. The the food goal, I think I have attained it because all is left is the packaging and the marketing portion of it and letting people know that I'm here and having people taste the food. That's literally it. But the rest of my goals is to be able to uh, build my wholesale account. What's something that you think that uh, is maybe a piece of knowledge you've gained along the way, or just like maybe it's like a deep wisdom that you already have inside of you, but what's something that you feel like you could help other women entrepreneurs to understand um, and realize for themselves? I think everybody tuning is diff, is different, but I I will say one thing, mostly to those who want to do it but they are scared to even start. Um, I will say there is never an easy way or a better time to start a business. There's never. If someone says to you, "Oh yeah, you I'm going to wait until when I have a hundred thousand dollars to start a business," well. I hope they have the $100,000 waiting on them or somewhere because if they're waiting to make that money, then start a business, they will never start. Yeah. So if you want to start a business, start. Just start small, but start somewhere. Take the leap. Um, you know, it is not going to be easy. If someone's going to say to you, oh, starting a business is going to be easy, that's a lie unless they come from a family that is extremely well off and can give them all the resources possible, it is not going to be easy. It's never walking apart. Um, even when you make it, 
where people know that you now exist and your name is circulating out there is still not easy. You still have a lot of work to do. So you you have to constantly be looking at ways to improve not only yourself, but improve your business as a whole. But most importantly, you have to take time for yourself. Self-love, having moments to say, no, I, I just can't do it. Reflecting back at the uh, mistakes that you have made and don't look at them as failures because those are your stepping stones in who you are going to become, the ways for you to become better, right? They are opportunities. You don't look at them as failures. So take every little mistakes and every little um, mishap and build on it for something better. Yeah, but you are you are totally speaking my language, and I I agree with you that it is hard, but at the same time, it is so super rewarding. So that goes back to that reminder of don't wait. You know? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um. All right. Are you ready for? I know I've given you a lot of difficult questions. Are you ready for my? <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for my rapid roundup questions? Okay. Okay. What? <laughs> What's your favorite food uh, that you make? Either one that you sell or um, one that you enjoy to eat. Mm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, when it comes to food that I make, I don't have favorites. <laughs> there are no favorites. Now, if you ask me food that I grew up liking as a child and that I still enjoy this day i can tell you the um, bongo which is the black sauce i do sell that the dole which is it's a different kind of um uh, it's a different kind of vegetable we don't you know i can get it from the african markets here it's bitter right but usually i will make the dole here for americans with uh, spinach which is the similar um it will give you a similar taste without the bitterness of it um what else i like oh my gosh <laughs> that's okay that's a great answer um all right this, this one i thought of this morning when i was getting ready for this what uh food here in america have you found that you really love and also which food have you found that you really do not like and cannot understand why americans would eat it <laughs> oh my goodness you just put me on the spot i um my question to you is and not to be <laughs> Um, what American food? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, great question. No, that is a great and to totally fair question. I'm thinking of the SAD, standard American diet. So I'm thinking like hamburgers, pizza, um, sub sandwiches. I don't know. I don't eat a standard American diet. So I don't, I guess I couldn't answer this question either, but is there something that when you came here, you were like, Oh my God, I love that. And, and had, maybe you'd never had it before. And then conversely, well, I would say, I would say when I came to America, I had a hard time eating. All right. Yeah. So a friend of mine took me to McDonald's. Okay. And I'm sorry. 
Yes, I know. And that was the only food I can eat. It was a hamburger. It was a chicken hamburger. I kept going there every day until I realized that that is not good for me. <laughs> keep eating it all the time. <laughs> you know, I say, I uh, can't keep eating this. I need to find something else. So if I am to say what, you know, food in America, American food, um, I will go to the South, okay? To the soul of the South uh, with the color green, um, cornbread, you know what I mean? Yep, yep, that yep. Is, you know, that was, my, that was my food, the color green, cornbread. And then this woman used to make like chitlins. I was like, what in the world is chitlins? <laughs> I tried one time and I was like, oh, it smells very bad when you have to make it, but it is really good if they know how to make it. I used to work <laughs> at a good. I used to work at a Cajun restaurant and I think you would very much appreciate that then because it was all like the um it's New Orleans style, you know, all that kind of food. So Yeah. So if you bring me some, you know, color green south south style and stuff you and i are having a conversation i am eating that okay uh, <laughs> you know now i am not i don't i'm not a fan of pizza I, I don't hate it but i'm just not it's not my thing um my kids will make it eat it here and there i that's one food i don't understand but kids love it so <laughs> they eat it and I also don't understand this crazy hamburger American make where it's like packs and packs of meats with packs and packs of cheese. I and know. then the complaint of cholesterol, you know, <laughs> and yeah. This I is this it. is exactly why I asked the question. Um, okay, La- last question for the rapid roundup. Uh, what's the last book you read or maybe one that you're reading right now that you would recommend? Oh my God. Actually, I'm reading a book called, let me go my thing. It's like uh, how to be, it's a, <laughs> um, it's a book by, Jesus. I am going to guide a rich dad, a guide to investing by oh, yeah. Robert Kiyosaki or something. <laughs> Robert Miyosaki. Miyosaki, I believe that's how he says his name. Okay. So, yeah. Um, All right. And then why don't you tell everyone listening how they can find Mola Foods and connect with you online and also visit the location for themselves? Well, they can find Mola Foods at www.molafoods.com or they can come here at 9 Simon Street in Nashua, New Hampshire, Suite 103. Perfect. And I'll make sure that um, that link is in the show notes and that address too. So thank you so much. This was fun. And I loved learning more about you and everything that you're up to. And I really, really love um, your mission and how you, ha- I love what you said about self-care and and making sure that we give ourselves those moments to reflect and also to say no to the things that don't nourish us. No, <laughs> that's definitely it. <laughs> you know, as a business person, you definitely have to be able to do that for yourself so that you can have a sound mind as you move through your day is important. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thanks so much, LaFortune. Thank you so much for having me. 
To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.